Hi, this is Stephanie, the host of the Empower Your Life podcast, and I am getting so close to getting my book published. Um, I think we're going to have a date come up pretty soon. It's going to be in September, and we're actually going to throw a big book signing party and having some great, you know, cool, special things for people that show up and, um, and yeah, it's going to be great. We're, we're starting to plan this, this now. So I'm really, really excited about this book. Cause I really think it's going to help a lot of people the way I've structured it. Um, it's called inspiring hope, hitting pain from all angles to get back to living your best life. So um, the way I structured this is, you know, we kind of go through all the different ways that we feel pain and, and how I've done this is, is basically share stories. So I have a lot of client stories throughout, um, the whole entire book so that you can really see yourself in that story. And it makes it so much easier to read and, and understand like what they're going through and gosh, that sounds like me. And I never thought that I would look at that area, um, uh, for, you know, as a potential issue with where my pain might be coming from. And so we have things on autoimmune conditions and emotional pain. And, and then we get into the mechanical pain and we really split it up into, um, different chapters as far as, you know, back and hip and knee and ankle and, um, neck and shoulder and elbow, and really kind of go through the, the common patterns that we see and, um, and we do it through patient stories. So it's going to be a fantastic book. We have some great resources, um, cannot wait for this book to come out. So make sure you, um, you keep on looking, you know, through our podcast, YouTube, um, Instagram, you know, empower physical therapy, um, so that you can stay up to date for when this book gets released, as well as a book signing party with amazing things that we're going to be doing for you guys and raffles and all sorts of stuff um, to bring everyone together and just kind of celebrate this and, and, you know, have a, a really fantastic book launch. So anyway, just want to give you those, those updates. Um, this podcast that we're doing is so it's fantastic. Um, we see stuff like this all the time. It's like, I have got to do a podcast on this because so many people go to so many different healthcare providers without getting results. Um, and it gets very frustrating and doctors often tell them that, that, you know, when you have this type of hamstring pain, um, where it's located it can take years for it to resolve, but it eventually will resolve on its own. Well, I'm here to tell you when you get to someone that understands this, it is something that, um, you know, does not take years. It def it takes months, <laughs> um, depending on how long you've had it, it can be even quicker. We've recently had someone that came in with the same issue triathlete and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm coming in. This is, this is an issue. And, um, we're on our second visit and she's literally about to go do a half Ironman and she's doing so much better. And she'll probably have to come back in for a little bit of a tune-up and continue to work on getting some of the strength back. But she felt so much better after our treatment and she'd been going to a massage and getting chiropractor treatments. And one treatment with us did way more than, than what they did. But a lot of times it's because people are focusing on the wrong body part. They focus on where the pain's located and not, you know, where the source of the pain could be coming from and the different movement patterns that you have. So when you have that high hamstring pain, if this is someone that that you have that, or you know someone that has that, please share this podcast with them. Um, so as always, um, here is the next podcast and I hope you enjoy it. This is the Empower Your Life podcast. 
where you can find some of the best health and life tips to keep you active and living life without having to go through surgeries, procedures, and medications. We want to give you hope that it is possible as the body has an amazing ability to heal if we give it the right environment. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast to hear a very special offer. Without a further ado, let's get started. So today we're going to talk about why your high hamstring pain treatment is not working and how you can get relief now. We see stuff like this in patients that are cyclists, um, runners, soccer players, dancers, drill team, um, even just everyday people. We see stuff like this all the time. And, you know, these people have been going to so many different healthcare providers and they haven't found any kind of solution. And we see why, because everyone focuses on the hamstring and they don't actually get to the source of the problem. The hamstring is just a symptom. So we're gonna talk more about what that looks like today. So things that we're gonna learn about is the number one problem healthcare providers miss in treating this area. We're gonna get into two of the most common causes of high, high hamstring pain in runners, cyclists, soccer players. Um, oh my gosh, you name it. Um, it's, these are common things. So when the traditional treatments of, oh, it really is, you kind of tore your hamstring, um, aren't working, which we see this stuff all the time, especially when it's high hamstring pain, these are the two most common causes of, of that pain. Why injections and surgeries do not work um, for this and common things that doctors typically prescribe um, with an issue like this. And then we're gonna learn some simple exercises to kind of get you started. So what do you feel when this happens? You know, you get that pain in that upper, upper hamstring area. It can hurt to sit. It can hurt to stretch. You typically have um, lack of flexibility in the hamstring, not always, but you can. Um, it's hard to run, walk. It's um, it will stop you from running, um, and, or you know, with any speed. So it also can hurt with lying down. The pain typically is really annoying. Like it's like you can kind of keep on going with everyday activities, um, but at some point, it just it literally it's like you can run for about a mile and then and then it stops you or you um, are training and every time you're kicking your leg while dancing it starts bothering you um, and it, and you just feel a lot of tightness. And a lot of times doctors have no answers for this. They may tell you um, that it's a labral tear or that you have hamstring tendonitis um, and everyone will focus on the hamstring. And that may not be where the problem's coming from. So let me give you an example of, of a person. We had a dancer, she was on drill team and she literally had tried all these treatments. People were dry needling her hamstring, doing soft tissue, cupping, all these things, the hamstring strengthening, but her hamstring flexibility and her pain was not changing. And when she got to our office, we started asking more questions. And when we started testing her, her hip didn't move. I was like, oh, this is where it's coming from. Literally no hamstring flexibility, could not kick her leg. It was really difficult. And we did some hip mobilizations, opened everything up. And we're going to talk about more of what that looks like. And literally her flexibility improved in that one treatment. Like it went from, she had no flexibility to she had 100% flexibility. We didn't even touch her hamstring because the hamstring was protecting and that protection wasn't allowing her to want to, to stretch that. So she could have done all the stretches, you know, for her hamstring that she wanted, but she wasn't going to get the results. And the, this is kind of what I'm, what I'm talking about. And we'll go into more about what that is. 
So the number one problem that healthcare providers miss is they only go to the hamstring and they start treating the hamstring. And that's the only thing they do. So they do dry needling, cupping, ultrasound, soft tissue, strengthening of the hamstring. And that's all that they do. And then patients get really frustrated because this is not translating into them being able to play soccer or for them running, cycling, you know, sitting, all these things give them problems and it's not really helping. Like it helps for a little bit, but their pain comes back and it returns. And again, this is because the hamstring is a symptom of something else that's going on. And it's usually in the hip that we have to address. And we're going to talk more about what that looks like. So we find that there's two common causes of high hamstring pain um, when all the traditional therapies aren't working. So first you have to, you have to check for your hip mobility. So typically they'll have decreased hip flexion, bringing the knee to their chest. They'll have decreased rotation kind of in that figure four um, position. They'll have decreased hip extension almost always. And even when we look at hip extension with some sort of rotation, that is also very lim limited. They can even have significant hamstring flexibility loss. So these are common things that we have to look at. Um, and if there is any of these that aren't moving, then what happens is they can't actually activate their hip extensors and then what their hamstrings will take over. So if you don't get into like why the hip extensors aren't activating because there's a lack of mobility and the hamstrings just taking over, you're not, if you just treat the hamstring, it doesn't matter. Your hamstring's still going to take over. We've got to fix what's going on. So that's the first thing that we have to look at. So mobility, we look at number one, if they have the mobility, then we have to go into looking at stability. So where is this coming from? So the hamstring ho hooks in um, really high in into that hip. And when that takes over, it's because something else also is, is weak. And so if the mobility is good, um, even when the mobility is not good, we have to go then go into the stability. So once we get the mobility, then we go into the stability. Um, and the stability piece of it is no one looks and checks the hip extensor straight specifically this particular strengthening. Um, cause if you have no hip, hip extensor strength, then the hamstring will take over because they both do very similar activities. Um, so if one doesn't work, the other one takes over. And if you're doing something repetitive, like dancing, playing soccer, um, running, cycling, you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again, then you'll have an issue. And what we find is it's, it's that repeated flexion type of activities. So repeated flexion when we're running, when we're cycling, when we're dancing, when we're playing soccer, you know, constantly kicking the ball with high force, um, kicking the leg up high into high flexion repeatedly. This will eventually, um, will, will decrease our hip mobility and it's not stretching and deflection that's going to make us better. It's usually stretching the opposite direction that's going to open everything up. So we'll talk about that here, here in a second. So when the hip doesn't move, then what happens is all these deep hip rotators here, when we see on this right side, um, they're piriformis. They have the obturator muscles. Those are the deep, deep hip stabilizing muscles. They're kind of like the rotator cuff muscles in the shoulder, but they're in the hip. These will all tense up and protect. Um, and when these tense up and protect, it doesn't matter. Nothing's going to fire. So you won't get that big glute, gluteus maximus to, to really fire um, because everything else is so tight in that hip. And when we can kind of open up that joint, that tightness in the hip will go away. So a lot of times what we'll do 
in the office is we'll actually stretch the hip usually into hip extension. A lot of times we'll stretch it into external rotation while you're lying on your stomach, while we're releasing some of these muscles. So we're stretching the joint and getting these muscles to release at the same time. So that's one thing. That's where the hip mobility piece comes into play. And then the second phase again, is we have to strengthen those hip extensors. So again, why do the injections, and the surgeries, why don't, why do they not work? Well, Again, the hamstring is a symptom. You've got to get to the root cause of what's going on. You know, I always say where the side of the pain is, is often not where the source of the problem is coming from. And so when we treat just the hamstring with an injection um, or, you know, or even surgery, a lot of times what they'll want to do is like, oh, it's tightening up because there's a labral tear. So they'll get an MRI. Well, the amount of people with an MRI that actually show a labral tear, especially at a young age is, is like 40 50% of the people. And so if, if, but yet these people that are, that are being imaged for a labral hip labral tear is, you know, they're fully functional pain-free. So when you start having issues and symptoms, is that really what's going on? Is that labral tear the issue? We find that it's not. And you'll even ask some of the doctors that we've sent, that we work with, that work with like the triathletes and of, of Dallas, and they work with a lot of the higher end athletes they won't even do surgery on people for this because they, they know that it doesn't make, make them any better, but they will also tell them that it will take them a long time for them to recover, but they eventually will recover. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't have to take a long time to recover when you get to someone that understands what's going on. So if a doctor says that you have tendonitis, ask yourself, why is this happening? What am I doing? That's creating some of this. Um, what and my body is, is compensating and taking over. Like, these are the things that we have to figure out. And when you can get to someone that understands this, they're going to be able to help you figure it out much quicker and guide you through that process. So again, when nothing has worked, you've tried everything, um, on the hamstring, which is what often happens. You go to see the doctor, they want to head, they want to go ahead and do an MRI. Let's just make sure nothing else is going on. And this is where they can kind of show the labral tear, which we talked about a second ago. And honestly, this is something that, you know, is often not, not a problem. And oftentimes when you have surgery and it's not needed, it's definitely can make you worse. So you really want to try everything you possibly can do before going down this, this route. Honestly, we've probably only seen one or two people that really, yep, after we've been doing, you know, the evaluation and doing some treatments, yes, their label, the way it, it responds definitely feels like a labral tear. Many, 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 many others people that we've seen that we've been able to get back. This is not where their problems have been coming from. So be careful when doing procedures because you never can take that back. When you try physical therapy and you're, you're trying to find someone that actually can help you, you can take these things back. The treatments aren't going to necessarily, um, do more harm, um, for you. They may not work, but they may not, they, they shouldn't be doing more harm. So, you know, when you do a procedure, you can't take that back. And the more you mess with your body, the harder it is, especially as we get older. So you want to make sure that it's something that is really needed, which we find is oftentimes is not needed. So what can you do? So in our office, again, we have, we assess the whole body and there's a step-by-step -step process. And what we say is you have to get the mobility back. 
how do the joints move in all directions? Is there something that is not moving very well? Because if there is something that's not moving very well, you're not going to get the right muscles to activate. You're going to move around that, that area to compensate. And when you're doing things that are very repetitive, such as running, cycling, soccer, dance, those kind of things, walking, even they, you'll have problems because you're doing something repetitively and your body's not activating the way it needs to be activating because you're moving around an area. So we have to look at getting the mobility back first. And when we've screened that, the next phase is getting the stability back. And then when we've got that back, then the next phase is looking at it functionally and making sure that your movement habits are spot on, that, they're, they, that they look good, that they're not compensating because that's what your body's used to doing. So those are the three phases. So in the mobility phase, we have to look at how does the back move? How does the hip move? These are pieces that get missed all the time. And when they are missed, it doesn't matter what you do. You can do all the strengthening you want to do, all the cupping, all the injections, all the, um, you know, dry needling, all these different things, soft tissue work. But if you don't look at the mobility and get the mobility back, it's not going to work. So that's the first phase that we have to look at. Then the next phase, like I said, we're going to check the strengthening, especially the hip extensors. When you move your leg back, can you get that muscle to fire? Oftentimes the hamstrings will take over and we've got to address that. And so there's some exercises. We're going to show you a few um, that you can do to start helping you get that hip extensor to start firing and not the hamstring. And then functionally, we have to load it. Um, anytime you need, we need to get the hip extensors firing versus the hamstring, but most of the things that we're doing is in a loaded position, meaning our feet are on the ground, we're running, we're dancing, we're playing soccer, we're walking, um, we're cycling. These are all very functional activities. So we've got to get it addressed where every, all this can start firing in a very functional way so that we can train the body to get those hip extensors to fire. So there's definitely things you can do from there. So mobility, joints stability, hip extensor focus, and then looking at movement patterns, making sure everything is, is working correctly. So this is a step-by-step -step process of what we look at when getting people back to um, feeling great when they have that high hamstring pain. So mobility. So a lot of times, if you look at all the activities that we do and we start asking, you know, what makes you better? What makes you worse? A lot of times it's, you know, we do a lot of sitting, hip is bent. We do a lot of running. Your hip is bent. It's moving forward. You're always bending your hip forward, biking. Um, if you're dancing and you're always kicking your leg um, in a flexed position, bringing, kicking it forward, playing soccer, you're always kicking the leg forward with a lot of force. So when you're doing a lot of these things um, repeatedly, it creates patterns in the joints and there's bursas and fat pads and there's different things that are within the joint that can kind of get displaced because you're kind of doing the same pattern over and over again. So a lot of times we need to take the joint in the opposite direction and we never stretch it in hip extension, which is really key. And what you'll find is that when you can get the hip extension back, the hip flexion, the rotation, all that stuff will start to improve. Now there's times when we need to add a little bit of rotation. I'm going to show you an exercise that will work with that as well. You can either do it the way I'm showing you in this picture where you're kneeling and down, you have the bad hip back and you're really leaning forward. So very similar to like what you would do to stretch in a kneeling position to stretch your, um, the front of your hip muscles. Um, but here we're really trying to get the joint. So we're trying to get the joint as close to the ground in a kneeling position, um, leaning forward to really look at like almost like a hip flexor stretch. 
but we're really trying to get that joint to move as far forward because we're stretching the joint, even though you're going to feel the muscles in the front part of your leg. So the key thing is, is what are you doing repeatedly? Um, what, when does it bother you? Like if it's bothering you with sitting and it'll bother you with lying too. Once when things are really irritated, we want to reverse that direction um, so that we can always keep the joints feeling great. So this is a great exercise that you can do. This next exercise is stretching the hip into a little bit of hip extension with rotation. So we're going to explain what this looks like. Same kind of position in a kneeling position. I usually have a strap behind the leg. Um, so this is how um, we're gonna do this stretch. Okay, so you're gonna lean as far forward as possible. This is really gonna give us a good stretch. And then you're gonna pull the leg up. You're gonna feel a good kind of myofascial stretch with this. And then just breathe. And what you can do too, is you can almost move the hip and rotate the hip as that leg moves and you'll get a really good joint stretch that way. Um, and it's, it's another great mobility stretch. The next stretch um, is going into some stability. This is the next phase of it. And this is a great exercise that you can do to really get your glutes on fire. So what you're gonna be doing, and we'll explain it here again, is you're gonna be on your hands and knees and you're gonna basically kick your leg in a bent position, like a mule kick. You're gonna kick the leg up toward the ceiling and while squeezing that glute. And that'll get that glute to fire instead of the hamstring. So here's this exercise that you can do. Okay. What you're gonna do is we're gonna really squeeze the glute. Um, and as you kick toward the ceiling, you're gonna squeeze that glute and you wanna make sure that leg is parallel and then you'll come back down. This is a great exercise to do to start getting that glute to fire instead of getting the hamstrings to fire. Um, it's one we use all the time when we start getting people, once their mobility is back, we start getting um, that glute to kind of activate. You'll want to make sure that you have a slight arch in the back because that will make sure that that glute will fire versus sometimes people will flex the back and that will make, make that will make you use the front part of the leg muscles and you won't get that glute firing as much. You're gonna use other muscles instead. So when you have it in the back in a slight arch, you're gonna notice that that's gonna help activate that glute a little bit better, put the body in a little bit better position. So need more help? Make sure that you follow us on Instagram or YouTube. We have so much, so many resources that we share with you on a weekly basis. So Instagram and YouTube are Empower Physical Therapy. And then for more free resources, head over to our website. We have, oh my gosh, so many resources on, you know, back pain, knee pain, shoulder, neck and shoulder pain, um, TMJ, pelvic floor. I mean, so many different resources on helping you navigate these areas, at least start giving you some education and some, some exercises that you can kind of get started with to start getting some relief now. And if you want to work with us, as always, go to the description and click on the talk to a PT link or free discovery visit, whichever one we call. This is really to kind of help discover what's going on to help you make a better decision about your health if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, or, you know, if you want to come in and work with us, even if you live somewhere else, um, we definitely can get on the phone, start talking to you and you're more than welcome to come down so we can really help navigate this for you. We see patients that have tried everything and nothing has worked 
and our specialty is really understanding the body and piecing everything back together to get you feeling great again. Hey y'all, I'm Catherine, Client Relations Manager of Empower Physical Therapy. If you have any questions on any of our topics or want additional information, click on the link below. We will get the information to one of our specialists and get back to you soon.